Hello, welcome to Songs in the Key of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. For this episode I have once again taken the lazy option and got someone else to pick the songs for me. This time round it's the job of Canterbury based Joe Hook whose music sweeps from simple tender singer-songwriter confessionals through to all out noisy affairs that'll rattle your soul and get your heart pumping that extra bit faster. Just a short word about the recording of this interview itself. On this recording, you will hear not only the voices of Joe Hook and me, but also somewhere in the not too distant distance, on my side of the Zoom call, those voices of four rather excited children in the early stages of a sleepover. Anyway, enough of the housekeeping notices, let's crack on with the show and find out what are the songs in the key of Joe Hook. So I'm with Joe Hook right now. Um, we were we were talking a few weeks ago about your music and uh, what got you into singing and songwriting. And as I recall, you grew up in Sussex and started playing guitar as a as a kind of a form of escapism. Is that is that, is that a fair description? Yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely. I mean, um, I kind of um, I think I bought my mother's guitar off her for thirty quid. Yeah, um, I was about fourteen and found uh, old seventies uh, chord structure book and worked out how to play chords from it. Yeah. I think I'd worked out three blind mice quite quickly. Okay, um, but at the same time, I was kind of a bit—I don't know—I might still be a bit socially dodgy, um, and I wasn't particularly um, wonderful at school in terms of kind of fitting in. Um, you know no it wasn't to do with anyone else it was more to do with me I couldn't really work out the kind of social structures at school and um we had a really great music department which I was allowed to go in and yeah. I really just kind of wanted to go there and play piano and play guitar by myself so throughout the winter especially most break times I would be found in the music room just you know playing piano or playing yeah. guitar and and I didn't take any lessons, so I was just writing my own stuff, really. Brilliant. It's all very earnest. And I, I remember once using a thesaurus. Very proud of myself. I was very, um, very deep. Um, oh, brilliant. Yes, was was there any... Song of a thesaurus. <laughs> was there any particular um, singer, songwriter or a band or whatever that you were trying to, to mimic? Or was it just com- completely just you doing your own thing? Um, I had, I don't, to be honest, I've, I've kind of never managed to answer that. I mean, I think that I listen, I, I grew up kind of listening to um, rock and roll and, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause my dad kind of was really into kind of 50s and 60s rock and roll and, and also kind of, um, kind of 70s and 80s ballad songstresses was, you know, my mother. So people like Barbara Dixon and Elaine Page. Oh, um uh, and kind of so it and and then you know country love hits um oh, wow. yeah like proper proper kind of you know readers digest 
um, love mixes, usually yeah. from the seventies. Um, so I think I kind of had quite a, I was quite confused <laughs> in terms of um, <laughs> genres, um, but I, you know, I was trying to write songs. I wasn't trying to get a sound. I was, I was just, to be honest, trying to express myself. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think when I started, I was still, I was still listening to kind of the Eagles and Rolling Stones, and um, but at the same time, I was listening, listening to Bucks Fizz. <laughs> 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 brilliant that's 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 a heady mix isn't it it really was it really was <laughs> so uh yeah who knows it was very varied anyway wow that's that's good that's good <laughs> so um so describe a bit more of your sort of your, your musical biography um because you, you you've had a band you've done done solo stuff you, you you've you've done collaborations what how how did uh, that sort of get started and and well i mean i i kind of i started out i think what happened was i came to kent at uni and i discovered a night a folk and blues night at the penny theater and i never really found a place where I could play publicly you know I used to just play to my mother and her mate when I was a bit drunk to be honest <laughs> um and you know um so I kind of started experimenting and bringing my guitar down I didn't really know you know how it would go down and there were an amazing group of of people there that were just incredibly supportive of all musicians and um and they also created an atmosphere that was incredibly supportive of new musicians and people, you know, trying to perform, even yeah. if you weren't brilliant. Um, and so I think then I met a lot of musicians through that group of people, mm-hmm. some who, you know, would support me by playing um, bass or guitar with me, um, some who offered to record me for free because they felt like I needed to record. And I suppose mm-hmm. as you know, my kind of connections and friendships grew, I started meeting more and more people. Um, and then I did a, I did an album when I was about 22, 23, and it had a number of um, kind of session musicians on, uh, on. And I think after that album, I set up a band, um, but I still wasn't quite in a position to really know what I was doing. So I, you know, I kind of kept choosing people that I really loved and really cared about mm-hmm. um, and kind of a lot of, you know, friendship-based bands, which which was brilliant. But I spent yeah. quite a long time trying to work out actually what I was aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to about 25, I kind of set up a band called Hook um, and we had kind of started to get a really good sound. Um, and that kind of carried on for about five or six years. Um, and then I got sick and um, I had a transplant and it kind of interrupted the journey a bit Mm. Um, and I think coming out of that transplant I kind of my priorities changed a bit Mm. um, in terms of you know what I wanted who I wanted to be how much something mattered to me Um, and I started to kind of I started to be really really interested in creating I guess mm-hmm. and those kind of collaborations that I've done ever since have been 
as much about the joy of collaborating and, and creating yeah. music and seeing how it works with someone else. Yeah. As much as being about doing music or being a performer or, or selling CDs or creating and, you know. So mm. recently, before COVID, I just started to put a kind of outfit together for recording. Um, and, um, and we were kind of, we'd almost got to the point where we'd booked the studio and then COVID hit. Oh. Um, and we're just exploring, well, I'm just exploring whether everybody's still in, in it. Um, yeah. One got long COVID, so, you know, at the moment it's still quite not quite well enough. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about it and I've got a kind of plan. I'm just kind of thinking I need to kind of hold out and wait because I want to do it with that group of people. Yeah. And the purpose of that will be about putting together another album of songs. Um, right. Rather than, um, you know, kind of doing a big gig circuit. Obviously, I think I'd like to do a couple of nice ones. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's about the creative process, I think, now. Yeah, yeah, good. Canterbury's um, one of those places that strikes me as being quite a, a collaborative environment. Lots of yeah, I mean, lots I, of people buzzing around together. Yeah, I think so. But it's it's nice if you you know do manage to get out and attend other places and meet other people. Yeah, um, otherwise it's a bit claustrophobic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, those that you click with. Um, yeah because it's just really interesting. I mean, there's something about that kind of language of music and that strange tacit knowledge of, I don't know if tacit's the right word. Probably should check my... Yeah, we'll go with that. Your thesaurus, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's there's something about, you know, jamming with people and seeing what happens and how you communicate. Yeah. Um, It's funny, I I had my niece and my nephew staying over the weekend and... um, they wanted to do music and so I have a five-year-old on harmonica <laughs> <laughs> and a nine-year-old on guitar and we were having a jam and it was what was really fascinating to me was how they almost immediately understood and I told them a little bit of how I was going to show them when they needed to come in and they got it really quickly yeah um, and I was kind of really interested about you know a what sounds they liked yeah but B, how did they understand what it was like to work as a group and yeah. the five-year-old obviously struggled with it but also kind of also realized when I was saying okay it's time for that person now yeah. um and I really enjoyed that actually oh wow yeah. god awful noise um but it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely wonderful um mm. I slightly felt like I'm having a breakdown part way through it but uh great okay Shall we uh, crack on and have a listen to um, uh, ten of the songs that you, you've you've chosen um, yeah. for this this podcast? Um, and we can, no doubt, uh, other bits of um, your story and probably filter through. So the first song you've uh, chosen is "This Love Won't Let You Fail" uh, by Chris Wood. I'd not heard of Chris Wood before. Um, it's a beautiful song, though, isn't it? A, a sort of about a father's love for his daughter, constantly just there. It's just yeah. Like the um, ideal father. Brilliant. I know. I mean, it's just, it's such a, um, I mean, he's a local guy, by the way. He's, he's okay. Um, All right. But, you know, very popular in the kind of folk world. And I'm, 
I'm not a true folkie. I'm a kind of fringe folkie. I delve in occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris Wood is somebody who um, I really adore. And this song particularly, the whole song to his daughter about, you know, he can't do much about what's going on. Mm. Uh, can't really protect her from, um, you know, the mean landlady. Um, mm. Or, you know, the fact that she's out all night. Yeah. Um, that, you know, he and his, his um, wife are worried sick. But mm. he's trying to sort out a hoover for her in the end. Yeah. And, you know, the whole kind of just this, the, the mindfulness of his love towards her and the, the sweetness of that song. Honestly, it gets me every time. And, mm. and I just think it's a very, very lovely thing as a father to write a song about the love you have for your teenage daughter mm. without without actually apportioning any criticism to risk-taking behaviour or, um, yeah. or you know, really saying, I'm really worried about you and lay- layering it on. I mean, there is that in there, but I think it's a beautiful song. Um, yeah. His chord structure is incredible. I love the way he, he overall, he sings and he, he goes to notes that you don't expect um, overall as a songwriter. And he's a great songwriter he's a great observer of human behavior and he's a fantastic mm. artist and i think it's a wonderful song yeah that's that swirling organ it's, it's like a an old school church organ kind of it's lovely it's very subtle uh, isn't it? yeah beautiful and i've seen him play it on an electric guitar yeah it's a bit like kind of an epiphone like a gibson style epiphone mm. and i didn't expect him to be playing that and um it really worked. It was lovely. Really, really lovely. So I'd recommend, you know, if anybody um, looks him up, have a listen to some of his work because it's really different. Um, mm. And, yeah, brilliant, brilliantly observed human life, I think, is Chris. With mm. a really amazing um, kind of way of interpreting music and sound and mm. chords and chord structures. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the very first top floor flat and all that You shower on sort or too cold Your hoover's broken, the wiring is toast It must be a hundred years old Your mad landlady turned your waterworks on When she stole your Take it all on the chin, my little darling This love won't let you fail This love won't let you fail Okay, so number uh, two in your list is uh, Ray LaMontagne's Summer Clouds, which is, I think, from his latest album, Monovision. Um I only really knew about him when he first came out. The first album he did, Trouble, and that was the, like the big song that was doing the rounds on later with Jules Holland and whatever else. So he's fallen off my, my radar to my uh, lasting shame. Tell me, tell me about why you've chosen this song. Well, I've got a kind of strange relationship with this song and I kind of listen to it a lot because, um, A, I think it's stunning. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that uh, summer clouds uh, don't worry. I think it's summer clouds don't worry about tomorrow. Mm. It's, it's so uh, nurturing and reassuring. But I've got a kind of slight hatred of the middle eight. Um, and I can't <laughs> cope with it. And I chose it because actually I'd be interested to see whether or not um, you, others, what their view is on the middle eight. Because it goes into a completely, in my mind, a kind of completely strange place musically. Um, and it really throws me off the song. Um, <laughs> yet I kind of, I go, how did he find that? How did he do that? There's yeah. this kind of quite dramatic musical change. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back down, but I cannot work out yet. And I've listened to it so many times, whether I approve <laughs> of the middle eight or whether or not I think, I think it's genius. Um, right. That's kind of why I threw that in there. It, it, I mean, he's such a beautiful artist. He's such a beautiful man. Yeah, um, and it really feels like an an old soul song to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, the middle eighth kind of messes my head a bit. Because you've got well, lyrically, you've got um, oh, it sounds like it's just a a gentle summer's day kind of. Yeah, don't worry. That there's that yeah that line, summer clouds. Don't worry about tomorrow. But then he sticks in that line about what is life but learning how to cry. I know. Yeah, life's a bit crap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and so it's, I, I chose a song that I both loved and struggled with. Mm. Um, and I do listen to it quite a lot to see whether I'll stop struggling with it. Yeah. Is that what is life like but learning how to cry? Is that from the, the dodgy middle eight that you're uh, struggling yeah. with? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I think I'm fixated on the chord structures rather than the lyrics of that bit. Okay. Right. So, well, let's let's listen to it one more time to see whether we we really do love it or hate it. Then. Right, Okay. <laughs> I see sparrow fly. I see. Ray Lamontagne, we've got Fans by Kings of Leon. 
which is from Because of Their Times, Because of the Times. Um, what was it about this song that uh, made it onto the, onto your list of 10? Um, I mean, I'm a massive uh, Kings of Leon fan anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and always have been. And fans, there's something, I mean, fans is musically really, I really love it in terms of the kind of, the kind of simpleness of it. It's quite a simple song in terms of the chord structures. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that you can also barely ever work out what he's saying, which means you can basically sing whatever you like along to it. It, it is and kind of a drunken kind of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but for me, I wait for the bass line. Yeah. Um, and I love their bass lines massively. I love their bass player. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really kind of solid one at first. And it's like boom, boom. And then it starts going, and I get very excited at that bit. Nobody probably needs to see my face do that, but I'm sorry. It's all right. I love, I love the bass line. It's so great. Um, and um, I think it also says the word arsehole in it, which also gets my approval for, for placement in a song. Good, good. Not enough songs with arsehole in. Yes, arseholes do need to be in songs for <laughs> Difficulty pronouncing it. Antia Dervicat. Is that how you pronounce her name? Well, I've called her Antia Dovecott, but I don't know how to pronounce it either. Okay. Um, I was I was I had I was introduced to her and a really interesting conversation on a plane. So I was going to Germany to do a gig. Right. And and I met this chap on a plane. And was telling him that I was on my way, and he asked for a CD. Mm-hmm. When I got home again, I sent him a CD because I thought he's asked. I'll send him one. Yeah. And he wrote back and said, "I'd like to send you an album if you don't mind." And he sent me Ancha Dovecot, and it was just a CD, so I didn't even know what the name of the album was. Okay. Um, and so I looked her up. Um, you can kind of find her on YouTube, and I just loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dublin Boys, which was the song I'd chosen, mm. I just love 
it's a lovely, lovely song. Um, it makes you think that she's kind of travelled somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, sweet city of Dublin, love hanging out. And she's got such a lovely voice. Um, and it just, her whole album, that album's amazing. There's also a song on there called Dandelion, which is also really brilliant, mm. um, which is, um, I should have put on my list as well, but um, mm. I didn't put yeah, Dublin Boys is is really really lush. She's got a lovely tone, mm. um, lovely simplicity, and really lovely warm lyrics. Yeah, and also came to me in a really magical way as well. So yeah, that, that is it's really nice when stuff, you know, just that's like a gift, isn't it? Yeah, in the strangers sharing music, which is a lovely thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet city of Dublin, I am heading home. All the houses on your streets are burning down Over not to worry Cause I will be okay Yes, I will pick myself back up another day But I am dirty from the travel And I miss my family so goodbye, Dublin boys, farewell. I gave you my best shot, but you will never could tell. I'm gonna pack my suitcase and sing to myself When I started this podcast, I aimed to not feature more than one song by any single band or artist. Um, but this has definitely not happened because Nina Simone is now making her fourth appearance on my podcast. Okay. <laughs> but that's that's okay, that's okay because you know it's it's Nina Simone, so you know exactly. So 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 far, by my count, we've I've had uh, "World Is the Wind," "Mood Indigo." And ain't got no, I got life, which I actually uh, put on my my first ever uh, episode. Um, but I was I was very very excited when you sent over the list and and you you'd chosen uh, Mr. Bojangles because that was the first uh, Nina Simone song I ever heard on a on a compilation put together by Joe Wiley of all people. Okay. Um, a beautiful song. Oh, I mean, there's so. There's so many swing artists that have sung it with a, in a way that to me doesn't suit the song. Yeah, because it was a was it a Sammy Davis Jr. classic. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but you know, also kind of people since have done it, and I think it's a fantastic. Michael Bubbles probably had a go, hasn't he? Michael Bubbles had a go, and also, um, oh, I was about to say something rude. Um, <laughs> well, Robbie Williams has had a go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie Williams <laughs> has had a go. Right, we can well. bleep it yeah. out. Yes, bleep. Um, and the way she sings it feels so much more empathic towards the subject matter. Because it's a heartbreaking song about a bloke whose dog's died. Yes, there's there's, there's no room for. <laughs> 
I know, and she just, I mean, I mean, uh, Nina, when she, you know, she's covered a lot of stuff, but she yeah. just does it so well. And I can't listen to any other version of it because I just think the, the way she sings it, the way she paces herself, the way she places the words, um, the way the, the fragility in which she she sometimes sings it. Um, honestly, oh, I, I, it, it's just absolute class. And she makes that song for me every time. And whenever I listen to it from someone else, I just a bit like meh. Um, it's no Nina Simone, and, Simone, is it? It's not. And she has just blown everybody else out of the park. And um, yeah, uh, you know, I love that kind of music. I love those kind of... Mm -hmm. those um, standards from that era um and they are amazing songs but i think so many of them are performed yeah um, you know performed and they feel kind of very acted mm. um, and i think it doesn't feel like that way when nina matsimone sings it it feels nah. felt and um communicated and delivered and mm. um and i i could listen to it over and over and over again and i do yeah. I have a kind of Spotify playlist that, that I have where I just listen to songs over and over again. Some of them had come from, um, were put on this list. Yeah. Um, and um, Nina Simone's Mr. Bojangles is on there because mm. I, I never get sick of hearing it. I'd have it for breakfast every day if I could. I knew a man, Bojangles, and he danced for you. Worn out shoes With silver hair A ragged shirt and baggy pants The old soft shoes He jumped so high Jumped so high Then he lightly Touched down. I met him in a cell in New Orleans. I was down now. He looked at me to be the eyes of age as he spoke right out. his leg a So most of your songs uh, that you've chosen on this list are quite uh, quiet and acoustic-y and gentle. And then you go and pick High Fidelity by uh, Kids from Fame. Uh, what, what made you choose this song? It's a fantastic song. 
Yeah. It's an amazing song. It's um, the production. I mean, it's absolute typifies 80s, you know, 80s. Oh, it's pure 80s, isn't it? You you couldn't get more Um, 80s unless it came in a DeLorean. Exactly. Yes. You know, with with, um, Kit or with Kit. Yes. Um, Kit's not a DeLorean, is he? He's uh, something else. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kids from Flame was one of my favourite films when I was a kid, and um, you know, High, High Fidelity is is one of that absolute um, brilliant songs that talks about the kind of music and the the kind of introduction of stereo and you know hi-fi and getting sounds and mm. but also it's really hyper the. Um, the whole kind of uh, backing vocals is just super um, excessive in a wonderful way. Um, I love it. I mm. absolutely love. It. Um, I love the soundtrack from Kids from Kids from Fame. Uh, High Fidelity just gets me going every time, and the <laughs> lyrics are just so typical of the eighties. Um, it it that song, um, and there's another song by Cliff um, Wired for Sound. Which yeah. also um, reminds me of songs that are about the technology of the eighties. Yeah, um, you know, you're no good to me unless you've got a good hi-fi with good speakers. <laughs> I'm not interested in you. You are not sexy. There's there's no room for you in my life unless you stereo. <laughs> and the high for high fidelity alludes to that as well. Other boys may turn me on, but I let temptation fly. So your next song, uh, Love and Affection by Joan Armour Trading. I'm not sure there's a better opening line to a love song than I am not in love, but I am open to persuasion. That's 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 a pretty good opener, isn't it? And then it doesn't it go east or west? Something where's the best? Yeah. Something else, yeah. I mean, that that I think is probably one of my first introductions to... So I guess then what to then what I understood as folk music, mm-hmm. although she's actually much more kind of um, into electric sounds than I realised. But yeah, there's something about that song that's so um, it, it it comes and goes like the sea, doesn't it? It it, it um you know it's got some it feels like it's it's a conversation. 
Mm. Not quite sure whether whether it's with herself or with someone else. Um, you know, it's one of those conversations in a mirror that someone's having. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and trying to kind of work out where she's going and then going back into the chorus, which is such a great, that me love, and there's a really, really low basing in there, which, yeah. yeah, anything that's got a baritone voice in it is a winner for me. Mm. Um, you know, it's a really, it's a really, really strong um, song it's beautifully written the chord structure is is interesting um but there's enough hooks in it to keep you kind of singing along and i think it's an iconic song um mm. and that one i don't think has ever faded no um and you know it was my introduction to her there were other songs on the album that i loved as well but i think i'll always go back to that one being kind of mm. my very favorite and again one that i'll you know i could listen to on a daily basis and just just i just love it yeah um the lyrics are just great um you know that kind of what's that one that, that there's a whole line around insecurity i can't remember what it is i'm getting old steve and forgotten everything it's all <laughs> falling from my brain um something insecure little darling I believe you can help me a lot and I kind of really love that it's like this kind of idea that the partner can also help with insecurities and yeah I'm there in, I'm there now in my memory ish yeah uh with with friends I still feel so insecure little darling I believe you could help me a lot to take my hand and lead me where you will yeah no conversation no wave good night is it or wave yeah. Goodbye? yeah 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 no conversation, no good night. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the bass in that is just both the the, the instruments and and that baritone. Yeah. yeah lovely, really, and a really, you know, who thought, whose idea was it to say, I know at that point we need a baritone, <laughs> or was it just someone in the studio wandering past, or maybe the person bringing in the tea and biscuits? Yeah, it just, very it just, voice. <laughs> and then the producer went, that's it. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it just gives a real sort of earthiness, a real like weight yeah. to it, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah. She's such a smooth vocalist as well. She's got such a lovely smoothness to her vocals. Mm. I was, oh, I can't remember much about it, but I, I was watching a documentary about her on, I think it was BBC Four, because I'm cultured. And um, they, they, yeah, there was a big, they, 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 there was a great big difficulty by the record company because they didn't know how to pigeonhole her. And so she sort of lost out because, well, was she a folk singer? Or what, what, what was she? And, and But then it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, does it? It's like... Um, I think that's why one of the reasons why I think I really associate with her because I have the same yeah because mm. um, you know, the I've asked some very experienced musicians much more experienced than me people who played with you know so many people on many many stages across the world and um, I don't know why I did it in that accent um, and um, they can't really articulate it either and I think it's that when you write songs, 
when you are just writing songs and you're not kind of creating a particular genre or you're not sat in a particular genre, mm. it is quite hard for you to be marketed. Mm. And I think it's amazing that she did manage that, you know, because she she would have fitted very easily into a folk genre, but that's not who she is. And when you see her play live, mm. she's not doing that at all. Um, mm. It's really far away from, you know, she's there with the electric guitar doing very confusing chords. Yeah. And, and there's synth players all over the place, um, mm. sometimes doing questionable things. With their <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the sound. And, um, you know, and I, I think... I think that's really reassuring, actually, to have people that are just their genre. Yeah, yeah. I think we need, mm. I think we need people to to kind of sit in their own space and 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 kind of be in it and be accepted in it and not say, mm. "Well, it's just me." This because her album, there are some ones that would fit well in a kind of soft rock category. Others that might come across as more jazzy. Yeah. Some folky. Mm. Um, some kind of synth madness, but um Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of time for her as a yeah. and probably for that reason because she's she doesn't sit in a nice seat carved out that, you know, in the genre train. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we should get all political here or whatever. But I'm, I was just thinking like Nobody had a problem with David Bowie. He didn't say, oh, what what, what genre is David Bowie? He just was David Bowie and, and he was like the comedian of pop and he did his thing from one album to the next. But I don't know. Is it because, you know... Me too. I mean, I'm yeah. obviously... You can't compare me. But when I had... I did have a, a management company in Leeds um, for a while. And one of the first things he said to me was, you know, I don't really know how to market you are you the girl next door or are you something else? And I, you know, I was kind of baffled by that. Um, and I guess, you know, he was looking at image and image and women in music is, you know, is getting better in terms of inclusivity. Yeah. Um, but, you know, certainly in the 90s, it was still a massive issue. Mm. Um, you know, and I was, I kind of couldn't really work out how to be what I think it was expected I would be. I mean, I'm, I remember I'm, I didn't work because you told me not to work and I just went to step classes. Um, <laughs> it, it, step classes in a leisure centre in Leeds that, um, you know, the smell of chips and pies <laughs> coming, through, <laughs> coming up and down, um, which was the best, <laughs> best incentive. Um, <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Going up and down, all the game. I don't know how I weigh so much, and it was like it was because it was chips and pie smell was coming through as you're throwing yourself up and down. Inhaling the. I know, I know. Um, but you know, I, I was, you know, I was trying to kind of work on to be, you know, this kind of image. Mm. Uh, I never succeeded, um, and I kind of realised I never would because, you know, and you didn't just, need to, yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe I would learn that when I was a bit older, but um, I certainly think at that time I kind of, you know, I, I kind of didn't, I wasn't empowered enough to really make a big fuss about it. I just was a bit worried, mm. <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah. And anyway, the guy was an idiot and um, 
I had the sense to join the musicians' union. He tried to steal songs off me, and the musicians' union warded me away. And, um, and that relationship broke down after I didn't give him my songs. So that's really right. very good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, at one point we were talking about Joan Arma trading. <laughs> we were, sorry. Me, me, me. Sorry. No, it's, it's fine. It's, it's it, yeah, it's, um, it's good. Right, let's uh, listen to a bit of uh, Love and Affection. I am not in love, but I'm open to persuasion. East or west, where's the best for romance? With a friend, I can smile, but with a lover, I could hold my hand back. excited about this because uh i do like me a bit of nordic uh music or or, or telly or anything and so you've got anya brun and her song um by your side um what, what was it about this song that, that made you uh pick it well she's i mean she's uh, an artist i've been following for some time that i discovered in norway um mm-hmm. on norway tv um, and she bought out a really lovely covers album. Yeah. Um, you know, some really, really great versions. And um, it's really how she sings it. I mean, she's got a very haunting voice in one way. It's quite a high voice, but it's very haunting um, and quite kind of um, breathy. And it's a beautiful song, um, you know, by your side. And she sings it so beautifully. And I thought, here's an opportunity to share... Um, Anna Brun, Anya Brun. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen her live in London and she was just delightful. Um, she's a yeah. bit of a workhorse um, and kind of just continues to gig and gig and she's collaborated with, um, actually interestingly, collaborated with some kind of dance music. It's quite kind of, some of her songs are have been kind of taken into the dance music scene. Um, okay. This, um, um, this song, By Your Side, I just think it's really beautiful and a very, very beautiful version. Mm. of that song um 
I'm trying to rack my bones to remember who the original was by. Um, and I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you in another time. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's such a lovely, lovely song. Um, and I kind of just wanted to share a bit of her, really. I just thought people need to know about her because she's luscious. Yeah. Um, the only other song I know is, was it a song called Do You Remember? Or something like that? like really heavy uh sort of sort of almost tribal drums kind of patterns on it but um yeah anyway i know i I don't remember that one um there's another one i really like called balloon rangers which is really nice um again some really lovely chord structures but she it's the collaborations that she does actually that are really interesting um And um, yeah, it's quite funny when you hear her her vocals over dance music in the middle of Europe. That's quite quite nice. And I think she's kept herself current, really. Yeah. You know, with these kind of collaborations and with these these covers, because she's just damn good at it. She has done kind of things like Big Yellow Taxi and stuff, which, you know, is a well-known song that people cover a lot. But um, I just thought this one was a lovely song. I wanted to share. The sharing is good. <laughs> um, I've just Googled it. It's Sade. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, by yeah, your side. It's just, you know, for Sade, I used to think Sade and Said were two different people for years. <laughs> Depending on whether you're reading it or hearing. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, by your side, uh, by Anya Run. Um, cover of Sade. You think I leave your side, baby You know me better than that You think I leave you down when you're down on your knees I wouldn't do that I'll tell you you're right when you want And if only you could see into me ourselves back into the amplifiers for this one um lemon world by the national this sound it sounds like a like a the great american novel crammed into a three minute pop song doesn't it it's uh oh, beauty. quite what intense yeah well I, I i knew it of old i've got quite a few national albums um but i'd never really properly absorbed the lyrics so and i i, I sort of read up on it so um 
a lemon world is, according to Matt Berenger, an invented, sexy, weird place where you can escape from New York. Um, yeah, so he, he, so he's a world-weary traveller. He sort of just bumped into this really avant-garde, weird place, and he's just feeling a bit exhausted by life. And <laughs> is is that is was that your take on it, or if I? got it wrong or I definitely felt the exhaustion um and I definitely felt a kind of a level of disen disenfranchisement disenfranchisement mm -hmm. for the right word um you know with within the kind of main world um and it it feels very dense to me mm. it's like a very very dense cake that kind of takes you ages, maybe not cake, but something that takes you ages to chew and digest because it's, it sounds, you know, those kind of guitars and the kind of the tones of everything sound very dense. And, and his, his voice and his vocals um, and that kind of you and your sister live in the lemon world. Mm. Um, you, you, I can never quite tell whether actually he's just being super rude and critical mm. or whether or not he's, um, you know, he's kind of, He's worried because there does feel like there's there's lots of truth in in what he's singing about, even though it's kind of a made up place. Mm. Um, yeah, and and that kind of is it. Am I right in thinking at the beginning there's this boom with the guitar and um, mm. and the drums and it and it it feels like a real kind of assault a little bit. Mm. Um, and I kind of wonder why they decided to do that. Mm. Um, quite an unnerving sounding song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it is very it's quite oppressive, but I kind of love it. Um, I probably shouldn't listen to it in some kind of if I'm in a certain mood. There's you know I'd avoid it if you're in a little bit of a macabre place or feeling a bit kind of um, black. But I think it's really really worth listening to, listening to the lyrics and kind of listening to it musically because it is so to me it's really dense. Um, mm. And the guitars and the bass and the drums are an incredible combination. They've got an incredible sound, the National. I mean, um, it's Matt Berenger, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's he's done some other stuff as well, which is really interesting. But he's got that unmistakable sound in his voice. And I, I love his voice. It's, mm. it's, it's, you know, it's a really yeah. noticeable, different sound. It, you know, I, I, just, I just think the National are fantastic. Mm. Really good. Yeah, and I, again, I put it on because I wanted to share the national, really. Mm. Quite um, right too. Yeah, absolutely. They're not yeah. heard of enough, I think. <laughs> then in Midlake. Oh, Midlake. Ah, uh, Roscoe. And, oh, uh, one album. One album. Yeah. One album. Yeah. Should have put. They they, they should release something because they they lost their lead singer, didn't they, for the last album? Um, which his name escapes me, but it's about time they did something new, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're an incredible band. Incredible band. Yeah. I'm supposed oh. to be talking about the National and end up talking about Midlake. Whoops. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's what I'm doing straight after we finish talking. I'm getting a Midlake album out. Right. Um, so uh, let's listen to uh, Lemon World by The National.
now there's uh the the 10th song on the list um so this is you've chosen every natural history documentary maker's favorite tune hoppy polar you 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 really are being very cruel to me giving me names of things that i can't pronounce hoppy polar by seagull ross um who again a nordic band so you get extra points for choosing them really good <laughs> what what uh what made you choose this one it's just beautiful it is it's just such a beautiful song it's a work of genius the the way they play it the um the way they the repetition but the way that that their subtle changes the beautiful um is it john t john t Yonzi, yeah. Yonzi, that's it. His his singing, um, you know, I, I don't understand a word of what he's saying. Um, it's an Icelandic band, but I feel mm. like I do by mm. the the um, by the way, you know, the, the way he sings it. And I've I've watched a number of videos um, to, to watch them play this, and I've also watched them play this live. And it's one of those songs that it just kind of reaches in and and it pulls out something in me that I can't describe that that only very few artists do mm. um, I think it's just beautifully written beautiful the orchestra and the way the band play it is beautiful the kind of highs and the lows the yeah. um, the, the amounts of silence and the amount of noise how it builds all of the instruments um, you know, the way the piano is used, the way the violins are used, the way he uses mm. his voice. Um, I just think it's a spectacular song. I'm not surprised it gets used a lot. Mm. Um, and it feels like it's an orchestral piece. Yeah. But it, it's, it, I mean, I think all of Seagull Ross, they're just insanely talented and, and, and they're doing stuff that feels much freer than perhaps you know, kind of English and American music is, and maybe that's to do with my lack of 
knowledge of music, but it feels much more musically free to me, mm. much more diverse. And, um, but they're also not afraid of kind of repetition, but repetition in the right way. Mm. Um, and it, it, I just, you know, I just think they're beautiful. Um, mm. And there's a really, there's a lovely DVD that came out that was, was really about how they um, filmed um, the video, how they involved the community, how kind of it, it felt like it's got kind of Icelandic community in its very heart of it. And it, it mm. made me, um, it made me really feel quite envious of that. Yeah. ability to to demonstrate community through music and, and you know maybe I'm maybe I'm talking out of my bum but it that's what it feels like to me and and I just think it's an, an invincible piece mm. yeah um, you think about the sort of Icelandic uh, landscape that they're coming from it's yeah. it's almost like the mountains mm. and the ice is just being given audio form yeah 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 and that's what i mean and then you know the, the the fact that there's in in the in the video there's kind of people that have come and they're walking into the middle of nowhere to see this concert and mm. there's a ridiculous amount of people on stage that actually make the band because there's blimmin loads of them and yeah. how they really come up with that and i'm really fascinated to see whether or not it's orchestrated by johnsey and mm. whether or not he's kind of you know, kind of created something in here and then hands everybody music or whether they managed as a collaboration to write that with everybody mm. contributing. Um, and, you know, how how everybody's singing, you know, how that worked, how they've chosen it, mm. how they all have that collective vision. Um, just, yeah, absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Just and I, I play it to everybody who's not heard of Sigur Ross, really. Um, but I did see them live. Um, yeah, oh, I'm so I'm very very envious of you. Where did you see them live? Brighton. Brighton. In Brighton. Yeah, um, I cried due to the amount of beauty. Yeah, I think I think I'd have joined you. Yeah, I was I was in pieces. You know, there's there's not that <laughs> not that many bands you know that I've seen live where I where I go into a kind of state of real emotion you know obviously you get excited you get full of adrenaline you get um you get a bit starstruck you get a bit in love you get you get mm. those kind of feelings but um definitely with that band I cried because of the beauty of that piece and, mm. um, and that's why I put it on because you know like I've used this kind invitation by you to kind of share things that I think are really special and lovely and people don't know her so well so mm. that's why I see Girl Russell on there. <laughs>
So that was Hoppipola by Seagull Ross from, I think it was their third album, Tack. Uh, mm-hmm. Tack yeah. is Icelandic for thank you, as I vaguely remember. Yeah, Although, and I think it's very similar in um, Nor- Sweden. Norway, yeah. Swedish, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although Seagull Ross, they, uh, they're not content with just singing in Icelandic. It's actually a, a made up language, isn't it? Hopelandic. Didn't know that at all. Of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, it, they could they could easily sing in Icelandic, and we still wouldn't know what they're on about. But no, they they have to go the extra mile and invent a whole language. Wow, beautiful! It's it's um, there's he's just he's just a genius, and I you know, and I love him because he's such a kind of fascinating looking person mm. as well. You know, like he's he's got something about him. I'm I, I'm just totally fixated on him whenever I'm watching him sing. Mm. Um, just he's just such an interesting chap and yeah i kind of love him a lot and i do idealize him a lot more idealize yeah <laughs> so before we before we go um i think it would be only fair for us to talk a bit more about your your music and in particular um ask you to pick a song um to play us out on uh, or at least to listen to um so, um, what what's the song that you, you've chosen of yours that you, you think you'd like to to share with uh, share with us? I've chosen "Wind Me Up." Um, "Wind Me Up" because it's I think one of the more kind of popular upbeat ones. Yeah, um, I do do a lot of kind of soft softer songs, um, and you know I I do love writing softer songs. It's kind of not particularly a, a yelling artist, but um, wind me up. I've chosen because um, I kind of really like the subject matter, um, you know, in terms of the story of how people uh, try to have relationships where they kind of need to replace each other's identity with one identity, and mm-hmm. um, and kind of um, that struggle to retain individuality individuality or from, from my from my own kind of personal experience mm-hmm. um and you know there's a lot of there's there's a kind of bits of humor in there uh, musically mm. i really like it and um on the recording but um of it there's some kind of really nice i i, I try to channel take that um whether i succeeded or not is another matter um but um, i try to uh, i try to channel kind of take that-esque backing vocals okay um, which was kind of fun who knows if i succeeded but um, i kind of really liked that attempt at it i had a lot of fun doing it um and um yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a fun song that's talking about something that's quite serious for mm. me um and about kind of retaining that individuality as i said before mm. um yeah so i figured that one i mean there's there's so many I could have chosen, but this evening it's that one. Brilliant. Okay. So uh, thanks very much, Joe Hook, for um, coming on the show and discussing your 10 songs that you've picked for, the, for, for, for this week, at least. I mean, if I, if I spoke to you next week, it would hopefully be a completely different set of songs. But, um, and Midlake would obviously have to appear. And I'm pretty sure there'd be more kids from playing. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll play out with uh, a bit of uh, "Wind Me Up" uh, by Joe Hook. Thanks very much uh, for coming on. Thank you.
appreciate it. It was lots of fun. Thanks, Stephen. So that was Joe Hook and we finished off with Wind Me Up from the album Silence Surrounds Me which was a collaboration with Caravan and Penguin Cafe Orchestra's Jeffrey Richardson and I think we can all agree it's pretty darn good. I'll be back sooner or later with songs in the key of something or someone else sooner or later. In the meantime have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. <laughs>